Well, I don't feel like I'm a part of the everyday American society, and I don't want to be, let me tell you. Okay? I do my damnedest to tear it down. A governor's task force has determined that punk rockers are society's new subversives and must be treated as such. Taxation is theft. Oh! God damn it, motherfucker! We're talking peace, love, and honor. Hello there, my name is BR, and I hate feds. And today is the 16th of November, 2021, and it's Tuesday. And we're going to do a bit of a more regular episode because it's kind of been a fucking mess lately, hasn't it? Just a little bit of a quick catch-up without a guest. We uh, absolutely loved having Pat's company last week, and uh, the week before we were going to have Firearms Chronicles on, but uh, that didn't turn out. Thanks to uh, our recording program, which might get shit-canned after it's caused trouble for both uh, this show and the Art and War podcast. So, um, fuck that thing. But anyway, we're going to do a little quick catch-up because I was on uh, on Death's Door, apparently. Now a COVID survivor. <laughs> Even though uh, I was literally waiting around for like maybe half a week trying to contract it from a girlfriend just to get it over with <laughs> um so so initially she tested positive for it i have to work from home and then it took absolutely fucking forever probably like three four days for me to actually get the symptoms so i was just like i was saying hunky dory thinking i was a fucking you know a big man for a few days i thought i was just like covid doesn't have shit on me and uh and then one day I woke up and I felt like fucking dog shit. I had 70% of the, the quick list of symptoms they have fear. Fucking miserable. I had like chills and then like weird temperature shit. And uh, I had like a headache and brain fog. Um, I wasn't nauseous the first day. I was nauseous like the second day, which was weird. After I'd already recovered. But anyway, so the first day fucking sucked ass. It was awful. And then the second day I was like, 60% better, something like that. I was still like being a little bit of a bitch, but the, like the, the first day I was working from home and I, I quit with a few hours left because I was like, I can't fucking do it anymore. So I wasn't like, you know, bedridden and like useless for most of the day, but I, I had had it enough, and <laughs> by, like, nearing the end of the day, I was like, a few more hours of this, like, I just can't fucking figure out the most basic stuff, my brain was turning to just goo, uh, and then the second day, I just felt like I had a hangover, like a, kind of a meh hangover, and for the record, I've had far worse hangovers than that first day, uh, just to put it in context, but I've also, uh, drank a lot of vodka and whiskey in my day, so... Make of that what you will. But it, it was really not that bad without without the vaccine, mind you. You know, I've been around people with COVID. I don't know if that fucking does anything for you. But 
up until this point, never had it once, never... So yeah, like, finally fucking got it. We're almost two years in. And by the third day, I I had, like, a few kind of little little bitch symptoms left. I've, I've still got this crappy little cough every now and then. I occasionally was feeling, like, tired and lethargic for a few days after. Like, just this... And this, this is what makes, you know... Everyone I've talked to about this is like, yeah, this feels, like, fucking strange. Like, it's man-made or something. Like, it feels a little... It feels like the perfect kind of chemical warfare kind of virus. Just to, like, just to fuck up a population and to... Just to make them feel like utter dog shit. But, like, like you don't want to... You don't want to, like, put everyone in a coffin. You know, like, a person here or there, the old people, but... Largely, you just want to demoralize the population to absolute shit, and that's what it did. I I was fucking lost for a few days. It was pretty ridiculous. Just like, just a lethargic, can't get anything done. Woe is me, kind of kind of feeling that lingered. Like I was completely by by the time I was having kind of just that and this little bitch cough, the rest of the symptoms completely gone. I I've even been doing some some DIY work outside. Like, I'm not, you know, a lot of people have been talking about, like, uh, you know, three or four days after their, uh, it's run its course through them, they, uh, they're in the gym again, you know, so, and, and it sucked, you know, it, I was more out of breath than usual, and, uh, more of a moany bitch than usual, <laughs> but it was still doable, you know, uh, so, yeah, the, the whole thing was... I was glad to have, to finally get it, but it it's. I was I've never been more pissed about the state of the world because it's like really this, is what has brought on the end times. <laughs> Supply chain issues and society falling to shit, people being as so fucking alienated from each other and successfully divided and conquered over a virus that again had way worse hangovers. And yeah, it's killed people. You know, these viruses do. Flu the flu kills people. It kills a fuck ton of people every year. And um, you know, it's a pandemic. I th I think the whole pe the people who go like COVID doesn't exist. That's not quite my territory. But you know, it's a pandemic. But really, end of the day, this is not the fucking plague. It's not like Black Death or some shit. You know, no crisis goes to waste. <laughs> what, what more can you say? I mean, we've talked about COVID a fuck ton, but um, that's why I wanted to go into it like a little bit on this show, just because we've talked about the fucking impacts and consequences for almost two years now, both on this show, the email show, and I'm sure every other person you guys listen to. I try not to go on about it too fucking much because it's, you know, it's kind of putting the blinders on what's really going on in the world, but we do have to talk about it every now and then. So I figured seeing as, again, COVID survivor guys, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm now a bit more of an authority on the actual, uh, virus itself. You know, we can, we can chat about it and kind of, <sighs> I don't know, touch base a little bit. If anyone's still afraid and, and you're young and reasonably healthy, I'm not talking like fight and fit or anything. Like I make a few sensible decisions with how I eat. God knows I haven't been exercising like I want to. And it was still fine with no fucking medicine. Through the worst days, I didn't take any medicine apart from, well, OJ and weed. 
<laughs> and then, uh, like the fourth or fifth day, I was like, oh yeah, I should probably take some medicine for this. So I took some fucking like, uh, acetaminophen, just regular Tylenol. Is that? I don't fucking know. I, I literally never fucking use medicine. So I clueless, like since, since I was in school, like a, a kid, I, I have not really used medicine for the most part, for, apart from like allergies and the odd, I don't know, headache if I drank too much, but seriously, it's, so, so maybe I'm just like a, a thoughtless prick with how casual I've been about this whole thing, but I was not like on my deathbed desperate for medicine. We bought a fuck ton of vitamins and I, <laughs> I took like three gummies those I'm literally the those memes where you see like uh, <laughs> the Flintstone, the Flintstone uh, gummies I had when I was sixteen fighting off the the flu and it's like you know a big old strong arm or some shit, but um whatever, you get my point. It it was not like I was I didn't even you know a lot of people are like oh well, I went and took ivermectin and you know sure whatever I no fucking I have not read into any of that at all. I was tempted to. I had this feeling like a few months ago, like it's about time I got COVID, you know, like I'm, I'm getting more and more casual about it. I, and most people in Arizona are just, I don't give a shit either. They're fucking exhausted. So finally got it. And <laughs> I, I treat it less seriously than I do any other illness I've, I've had truly. Um, I don't know. I always worry I'm being too casual about it, but kind of living through it and living through it and having very little hassle has made me more pissed off than ever. But I digress. Don't want to belabor that too much and do like fucking half an hour on COVID. So I think 10 minutes is a good place to cap that. But, uh, onto something. Uh, oh wait, before I get into anything else, um, have to say fucking congrats to Mitch and Nathan, our little show. Um, Mitch messaged me, what, a little bit more than 19 weeks ago, because now we're at episode 19, we've been doing it weekly. He was like, what do you think about us doing a podcast? I was like, I want to be involved. <laughs> and uh, that was a lot of belaboring over, you know, the format and uh, and if it was going to work out or, you know, be worth the time and all that. And fucking 100,000 plays by episode 19. And it it's two guys talking with with uh great guests. They've been that's that's the real draw. They've been fucking killer about getting guests, and that is like ninety percent them. Probably probably ninety-five. Just cause they're you know, they're friendly as fuck, nice guys, and they talk to everyone in the industry. So really, really proud of them for that. Really fucking cool. Hundred thousand in nineteen episodes. Let me tell you. Our little drunk tanky militia podcast didn't do that. <laughs> so, uh, fucking really excited about that. Thank you for everyone who's, uh, listened to my babble and my plugs and gone and checked out that, uh, you know, you, even if the military stuff isn't quite your thing, you're here for the black flag stuff. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Mitch and Nathan have their opinions and <laughs> they're, uh, not too far from myself, but I won't speak for them too much on that stuff. Cause I know they're trying to not get, uh, not get the zuck. But, um, yeah, really fucking cool. Oh, <laughs> the coffee thing. Uh, that was really fucking funny this morning. I, I, uh, 
for, for those that didn't see it, I somehow managed to kick the hornet's nest with coffee people. Of, of all things, I've, like, talked shit about communists and white supremacists and conservatives and fuds and cops, but apparently shitting on, uh, like, all of you having a caffeine addiction was the thing that really just punted the hornet's nest. Um, <laughs> that whole... That whole thing is so fucking stupid. Cause so, so I'll I'll read you the tweet. Cause I was just being I was just being an ass this morning. All right. <laughs> I might enjoy pot, psychedelics, and alcohol, but at least I don't rely on coffee like a junkie just to be a morning person. <laughs> Good morning to the drug addicts. How much is that drive-through shite you in, you insist you need to function costing you? And it's it's something I've I've never really seen before. I moved to the states. I'm sure it existed, but like you know country boy uh but but just driving to work in the morning and i haven't seen it recently because my route doesn't really go past him but like you see cars wrapped around the block um for these little coffee shops in the morning like first thing it's fucking 6 30 a.m or whatever and there's like 15 cars at every little starbucks which there's one you know every few blocks um in any fucking metropolis and Everyone, everyone's lining up for their expensive bean juice, just so they can. And, and Pat is really, uh, Pat Watson, who you know, I was talking to last week about you know bureaucracy and working under fluorescent lights and hating your life and job and shit like that. I was like, ah, oh, Christ. And and between between him and then I'm listening to uh, Pete Quinones and Aaron from Timeline Earth reading um, Ted Kaczynski's manifesto, aka the Unabomber. Uh, and so between <laughs> listening to Ted Kaczynski and, and then Pat's kind of polite radicalization about, uh, just our, our work life and just plugging in being a cog and, and, and not thinking about it, just see, it, it really set me off this morning thinking about that because it's, it's a dependency and I'm guilty of it. You know, I, in various ways, like sometimes I'll get, I'll get in a kind of a rut where if I'm not smoking the second I get in the door, I'm just, like, it, it, it's how I handle the day. And I used to do the same thing drinking, and I've also, you know, I think everyone's had periods where they've, you know, anyone who drinks soda or coffee or whatever has had some period where, where they've had caffeine addiction. And it's a really stupid fucking crutch to have, and it and it sucks. You know, you, you randomly get headaches or, or, you know, the other side of it, you're spending like five to eight bucks every morning just so you can be awake. You become so fucking dependent on it just to go to your job and sit at a desk and be alert enough that you, you know, don't tell your boss to go fuck himself or whatever. <laughs> I, I've i I've never been a coffee drinker because, I mean, that shit. I, I've seen, you know, I've, I've seen young, perfectly healthy young people develop this addiction where they're a zombie if they uh, if they don't have that coffee. <laughs> the whole thing actually pissed off a lot of people, I guess, is is the point. Surprisingly, I thought it would just be like a little fucking pot shot and and we all have a good laugh and be like, yeah, we do have stupid addictions that are costly and, you know, a stupid crush that we could probably do without. But holy shit, people got very upset. Like, not not everyone, but I mean, I mean and, and then tons of people were also saying, yeah, I've totally got like an energy drink addiction, I've got coffee addiction, whatever it might be. You know, self-awareness on that stuff is great but holy fuck you're spending like four eight 
10 bucks a day on like multiple energy drinks, multiple coffees, whatever the fuck it is. And, and I, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I brew, you know, my shit at home. Okay, cool. You know, you, you still have a caffeine addiction. That's, that's an issue. But uh, I'm more talking about the people who just mindlessly line up and just chuck money down the drain every fucking day. And that's just their routine. And that's just how, you know, it's my little tree. And then you go to work and you just fucking hate your life. And that's terrifying to, to like fall into those ruts. It's something that I'm, again, not fucking perfect by any means. But it's something I've been trying to get more and more conscious of. And <laughs> thanks to my lady for some of that. Because I'll be, uh, I'll go and grab like, I don't know, Coke Numero 2 or something. I'm like, wait, I don't need this at all didn't need the first one you know so these little habits and you might think it's like a a stupid inconsequential thing but when when you just fall into these ruts and you just you know you you don't really consider what you're what you're doing to your body or or your mental state or your routine your wallet whatever the fuck it is when we just absent-mindedly fall into those ruts it might start on the micro and develop to the macro you know with kind of bad habits so Something to consider, and that's kind of all I was trying to get at. <laughs> but I mean, I, I I guess a lot of people have caffeine addiction and uh, are pretty upset about it and don't really know how to process um, cr- critique of it. So we'll uh, we'll have to work on that one. <laughs> um, what else has been going on? Fuck uh, the the Rittenhouse trial, which you know I think is mostly. obviously it's being blown up to be this fucking ridiculous thing. This dumb, chubby bootlicker kid is being called a white supremacist, and it's like, holy fuck, okay, that's where we're at. The the fucking president himself called him a white supremacist. And, you know, he's a bootlicker, he's a little wannabe cop, but he wasn't a white supremacist. He, uh, I mean, the whole fucking, long story short, if for anyone living under a rock or anyone outside of the country who doesn't give a shit about this stuff, Rightfully so. People in the country shouldn't give a shit about this stuff, really. But, um, because the trial is just a fucking circus. Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself during the Kenosha riots in Wisconsin. He was a 17-year-old kid. He worked in Kenosha. He has family there. And, uh, he traveled from, like, 30 minutes away across state lines, picked up an AR, which there was some controversy about, because you're basically in... The communist state of Wisconsin, I guess, if you're a 17-year-old, you can only carry a rifle openly if you're hunting. But anyway, judge dismissed that judge. Long story short. And so during uh, the riots that were going on in Kenosha, uh, he was like kind of patrolling around businesses and stuff, which people all over the country did, you know, in all sorts of different neighborhoods and shit. They were uh, standing by businesses trying to protect them from being burned down and shit and uh you know lots of small businesses and stuff and so this kid was he was walking around with a rifle and he started to get into not provoking confrontations but he was you know being that there was tension going on people shouting at each other and shit and uh so three guys um I think, like, I, I haven't really been following the thing too closely, because, again, it's all fucking circus, but, uh, I don't know how quick, how quickly the three shootings happened, but, essentially, 
three different people in the mob attacked him at various points, and he would like back away, be attacked again, run away, be attacked again. And I I think it kind of you know quick succession of attacks because uh, he he's, he's not you know shooting someone and hanging out for two hours. He got attacked by a guy with like a skateboard, and a, a guy pulled a gun on him, and one guy like just I think charged him or whatever, and so two of those guys got killed, and the third one had like ninety percent of his bicep blown off, <laughs> and the third guy was the one with the uh, who pulled the gun on him, and um, so the whole fucking thing has been insane because obviously you know these uh, these were Black Lives Matter um, protests that turned into riots. Mainly because of these fucking whiny little cunt white kids who go and join and they're just opportunists. Like, uh, Rosenbaum, one of the guys who got shot, I think the first guy who got shot, um, he had nothing to do with the protests. He was, like, uh, he was off his meds, he had some kind of, uh, mental health issues, and, um, but, like, he was, he was... Uh, he, he was a uh, violent rapist, serial child rapist, who I, I guess had done his time or whatever. But he had he had a fucking record, and um, he was in Kenosha for different reasons, visiting a girlfriend. He wasn't there for the for the protest out of the goodness of his heart. He was just fucking wandering the streets and saw some, you know, I guess in his fucked up mental state, he saw a bunch of tension going on, and he decided to start throwing n bombs at fucking. <laughs> at uh Carl Rittenhouse, some seventeen year old white kid. And and this is a white guy doing this. Uh, but but he um now there's like uh murals or well, not murals, but like there's this uh there's this image going around of him with like a floral reef around him and uh you know basically like in memoriam of uh Rosenbaum and the other dude that got shot. And <laughs> the guy was a fucking serial child rapist, you know, and not saying Kyle knew that at the time when he when he shot him, but nothing was fucking lost when that bullet <laughs> went through him. Um, but people are acting like he was some kind of civil rights hero, but the guy, A, wasn't there for the protest, and B, was just like a violent fucking loon. <laughs> Throwing M-bombs around, but now he's being memorialized as a hero, like a, like a BLM hero. Like there's, there's pictures of him going around with hashtag BLM. He wasn't there for the protests. He didn't give a fuck, and he was pretty fucking casual of his language, you know? <laughs> like, um, so n nothing fucking lost from the world when that guy got put six feet under. And then the other guy was, um, I think he, he pulled his, he pulled a knife on his mother and grandmother, and he was a, a white beer, and, and he got, he got shot, and same treatment, same in memoriam of, and flowers, and all that shit. Couple of fucking just, like, shit heap just awful fucking people like the three people who you know I, I as much as i think you know carl rittenhouse was a wannabe cop he was uh he was essentially like a volunteer citizen trying to trying to do the right thing in his mind just patrolling people's property and defending it from you know trying to um dissuade rioters and looters and shit i don't think there's anything wrong with that personally and so, um, the prosecution in this trial, who are an absolute joke, and we'll get into that, they've been trying to paint him as, like, an aggressor, and, like, he's just this dumpy little fucking, like, conservative kid, I, he's, he's not that kind of dude, you're not that guy, man, 
<laughs> but these other three were like a bunch of aggro just looking for a fight dudes and um i mean they all fucking chased him down and they got themselves shot it's it seems pretty fucking open and shut the incident happened like a year ago in 2020 and the thing finally went to trial it's been an absolute fucking kangaroo court it's been ludicrous the the prosecution has been they're just clearly rabidly anti-gun but then on the the inverse of that the judge is clearly in favor of of the defendant he's like he very clearly thinks the whole thing is bullshit and, and you know your typical conservative republican types are like oh he's not biased you know he's just uh he's just a constitutionalist or whatever it's like eh, i mean he's biased he very clearly he thinks the fucking thing is stupid and you know i get it but a judge is meant to just be kind of a cog in this machine no but anyway so the whole thing's been fucking ridiculous it's it's been entertainment truly and anyone who thinks it's like a really serious trial with really serious implications is way too plugged in still the trial should have been pretty fucking open and shut by like probably the the next day just by the accumulated footage on twitter you could tell what happened you know we didn't even need the fbi's creepy fucking infrared drones flying around and that's a thing um they re they had they revealed it during this trial i don't know if i don't know if it was a uh, common knowledge or like public knowledge beforehand but the fbi has been flying drones during all of these riots and and filming they've been um they've been tracking everything with with drones and that's just the future of policing no surprise really but you know it, it kind of it's not like public knowledge we know you know there's police helicopters and we know there's you know police patrols and stuff but because we're desensitized to the police state but um now we have drones too so uh welcome to baghdad people we <laughs> we live in a militarized nation kind of creepy so anyway they they had this like fbi drone footage that's the only additional footage they had and the fucking the footage was too blurry for them to really use it meanwhile all the like iPhone on the ground footage would have exonerated Kyle, you know, as a dumbass for one for being there. But uh, and some people are gonna get shitty about that, like, oh, he he was doing the right thing, you know. It's like, yeah, but he didn't really have a fucking plan, and that's a good way to get yourself killed or to escalate a situation if you're going into it without a plan or without um, any kind of contingencies and going alone. Like, I I get the sentiment, but that was dumb as fuck and anyone who's trying to champion him as a as a hero is kind of stretching it a little bit too far for me <laughs> so this trial could have happened ages ago but you know it's a state they're inefficient as fuck for one but also i mean it's insane how propagandized this one incident is and you know there was a lot of fucking violent incidents and confrontations that happened during the summer of fun it was a really fucking tense, crazy time. There's so much shit. I mean, pretty sure some shopkeepers got, like, burned in their fucking businesses during that. Wild shit. But, you know, the story we hear about is some dumbass kid, and it's like, hmm, I wonder why this one is the one that floats to the top and is somehow so important. And it's, well, it's kind of like how the FBI goes after lonely dudes on dating apps and tries to radicalize them. Looking at you, FBI Detroit office. Oh God, that's a there's some there's some more FBI stuff we're gonna go into in a minute because they're they're busy boys at the minute, and clearly, 
as per usual. This this was the story that was chosen to be the propaganda piece of the minute, you know? And it, it works out for the narrative, it continues to divide and conquer. Although I don't think it's going to be as successful as planned. And a lot of people would disagree with me on this, but we'll see. I mean, um, so where the trial is at, at this point in time, the jury... So, so closing statements have been made. Uh, the jury is currently coming to the conclusion, and um, the jury. So, as of today, Tuesday, the sixteenth of November, the jury retired for the evening, coming back tomorrow morning, and they have no verdict yet. And uh, they've been deliberating for a a day now, maybe maybe a day in an evening, something something like that, and they still haven't come to a conclusion. And I, it's so fucking strange that, just like everything in this trial, it feels very artificial. Like, the the prosecution was cartoon-like. He, uh, so, the, the weapon in question that was used that night, uh, and here's another, like, they didn't have the, the optic on it. I was wondering why they, they stripped it down to a fucking flat-railed AR, but, I don't know. It's a state, they do weird shit. So, they have this this weapon in the courtroom for, like, a few demonstrations when they're talking about, like, uh, one of the, uh, the victims, or whatever the fuck you want to call them, the guys who are dead now, uh, <laughs> the, the, he, the way his hand was, um, as he approached Kyle and there was debate on if he was grabbing the barrel or putting his hands up defensively, whatever, uh, guess what, if you're coming at a guy point blank, and all you've got is a skateboard in your hand, you're probably gonna open your hand and be like, ugh, I fucked up, even if, you, even if you're the aggressor, so that was kind of a silly line of questioning. So yeah, the, uh, the prosecution, <laughs> famously, and I, uh, I posted some pictures of it, he swung the fucking weapon around the room uh, with his finger on the trigger, and, and like pointed it at the, the spectators, and I'm pretty sure the jury too. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the picture went fucking viral, because the guy's been an absolute asshat the whole time, and, uh, his whole case is that this is a case of irresponsible gun ownership, and, you know, gun owners are a bunch of yokels who are too dangerous to, to be trusted with such menacing weapons of war, and then this fucker, I mean, Kyle didn't put a bunch of bullets into, you know, random passers-by, or you know, like, 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 run around flagging a crowd or anything. Meanwhile, this motherfucker <laughs> was probably way more dangerous, minus the, you know, confirmed kills, um, just with how he, how he treated the weapon, and, I mean, I don't, I expect nothing, and I'm still surprised. <laughs> Alright, um, last thing on this, well, actually, no, no, two, two things on this before we, uh, before we leave the Kyle Rittenhouse thing in the dust, because probably when the, when the verdict's announced, I'll completely forget to talk about it, and, uh, and I'll never talk about Kyle Rittenhouse again. So there's, there's two things that people are now, you know, the, the next things that's gonna happen with this trial. We're gonna get a verdict, and then people are predicting if there's going to be, uh, riots in response or not. So I, I peeked at the questions while I was taking a, a quick break in recording, 
and someone asked, before it's announced, what do you think the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict will be? And honestly, I have no fucking clue. The prosecution absolutely ate shit through every fucking minute of the trial. And, like, the defense kind of was just, like, lazily batting back, rolling his eyes and shit. Pretty kind of funny, in fairness to him. But, like, it, it was a... It was a silly one-way trial, and and prosecution seemed like they were just like whiny little brats on behalf of the state. And the the fucking dude, <laughs> this guy who uh, who muzzle sweeps like the jurors and the, all the spectators had like a little rebel alliance pin on his suit one day. Fucking just a circus. They think they're the resistance, the state, wild. So what do I think the verdict will be? I, I feel like with the judge, and so, so a little side thing, I, I think it's just the alternates, but still, the judge was playing, like, uh, like trivia and shit with the, the alternate jurors just to, like, keep them entertained during the trial because they can't watch TV, right? And so the judge seemingly is completely behind Kyle Rittenhouse. You see what I'm getting at? I, I think there's been, like, enough friendliness and rubbing of shoulders, like, one way, that, because people are fucking emotional. It's not, like, who had the better argument, it's who liked who better, because we're all fucking dumb monkeys. <laughs> so, like, like genuinely, that's how the, these things get fucking, uh, decided. In reality. Uh, whether people want to admit it or not. But, the... The prosecution was just so, like, they were going for that fear-mongering and anger route instead of a convincing argument with the facts. And people don't like being fucking talked to like they're stupid. Because when you're, when you're in, like, a, you know, a critical thinking moment, like, being a fucking juror, you don't want to be talked down to. You want to have the facts presented to you, you know? And, and this guy's talking down to him, trying to, like, sell them something. And I just don't think that's gonna put someone in a in a position where they're gonna fight, you know be susceptible to their argument. Meanwhile, the judge, who again seemed to be in favor of the defendant, kind of pretty biased, you know, uh, vibe to him. He was rubbing shoulders with at least the alternates, and probably you know had some you know like a few downtime words here and there with the. The jurors. Maybe, I, I don't fucking know if that's how <laughs> the court works or not. If, if that's even something that's possible, but the guy seemed like really fucking casual, the judge, and I feel like rules weren't exactly followed, you know, line by line. So, I, I feel like it's probably going to be a whole nothing burger. I mean, the fucking National Guard's been activated. <laughs> and, um, I mean, none of those fucking kids are going to do anything. They're not even going to give them, like, ammo. <laughs> There's just going to be a bunch of fucking plebs standing around with uh, full auto M4s that, with no mags waiting to be grabbed. Which is something to consider if you're near Kenosha. Um, but I, I think it's going to I think it's gonna end up being a not guilty verdict. And then all of this fear-mongering about riots and stuff and, and unrest and all that shit is just going to fall by the wayside, onto the next distraction. Next distraction from Gisley and Maxwell's trial, which is going on right now. And no one's fucking talking about it. The girlfriend of Epstein is going on trial right now. And, and like, who's fucking talking about it? 
But that's a whole other thing, and I'm not going to go down the tinfoil hat rabbit hole on that. Probably another time. But uh, Epstein didn't kill himself, that's a fucking fact. And, and now we're not talking about the girlfriend who has all the fucking knowledge, and who, you know, wimped out and didn't kill herself before the trial. So, we shall see if anything comes of that. I wouldn't hold your breath. Uh, what the fuck else were we going to talk about? Oh, yeah, last thing. Actually, no, no, fuck, two, two things. Alright, we won't go too long with that, but... Uh, actually, no, I'll talk about that another time. Fuck that. Um, let's save us some time. The other FBI thing I was going to talk about was uh, the FBI had a whistleblower who released documents revealing their counterterrorism division has added threat tags to parents... Uh, who are, like, parents being upset at uh, parent-teacher conferences as of late. You know, they've been seeing how their classes are taught in public schools with uh, the distance learning, because, you know, they're, like, the other side of the room uh, working from home while their kids are learning from home, and they actually see what their kids are learning, and they're, like, you know, people of all fucking stars and stripes. You know, it's not just, like, a Republican rejection of it, like, Plenty of Democrats have been like, no, I'm going to homeschool my kids now. This is fucking insane. And they're, or, or they're just like, they're just doing a shit job. Or, you know, I, I could do a better job with a few hours of my day. So many people are realizing that shit. And not everyone's jumping to homeschooling. But plenty are jumping to, you know, when they're finally face-to-face with their, their kid's teacher after like a, you know, a year and a half and not seeing them very much, if at all. Uh, <laughs> they're face-to-face with these teachers and they're like, what the fuck are you teaching my kids? And then it's really exacerbated with the the two other major uh, points of contention, which is critical race theory, whatever the fuck that is. There's someone listening right now going, it's goddamn communism. But uh, (laughs) it's fucking weird is what it is. I mean, and again, that's not just like a, like Republicans have been upset with that. There's plenty of, plenty of people in the black community have heard what the fuck they're trying to teach their kids. Like you, you will always be disadvantaged because of the color of your skin. Or, like, you will always be a fucking hateful racist because of the color of your skin. It's fucked telling my kids this shit. Anyway, people have been getting rightfully pissed and con- just asking questions concerned as fuck about what that is because none of us had that kind of shit in school. And then the other thing is obviously the masks and vaccine mandates going on in schools now. Now that kids, according to the FDA or Pfizer or whoever our corporate overlords are, it's now perfectly safe to... Uh, to give this vaccine to kids who don't fucking need it and and requiring to put kids in school. And so I just said that like a New Zealander cuts. Yeah. It's, it's no fucking wonder people are pulling their kids, but the FBI has been monitoring, you know, the, the angry parents because there's been, uh, I'm sure there's been death threats. I mean, you know, I don't think every fucking parent's an angel and every parent who's outraged by this is going to, you know, act appropriately because I mean, kind of rightfully so, to be, like, wanting to tar and feather some of these motherfuckers, the people creating these weird, divisive policies that punish your kids and fuck them up. I mean, psychologically, six ways to Sunday, they're fucked. They're, they're told they're oppressed or oppressors, and they haven't seen their friends smile in, like, a fucking, in, like, two years. I mean, apart from, like, behind a computer screen, it's just fucking gross. So, you know, rightfully so. There's some <laughs> emotion in the room at these parent-teacher conferences, but but now the so the FBI or 
some no attorney general of something I don't fucking know bureaucracy testified the other day that the FBI was not monitoring parents uh, you know using their counterterrorism division and just just fucking today whistleblower comes out says that's exactly what the the counterterrorism division has been doing watching parents uh, and branding them various levels of threats potential domestic terrorists because they don't like how the public school system is teaching their kids. <sighs> I mean, what the fuck? The, how police state does that get? You know, like, the FBI is monitoring parents who are being concerned about how the state's teaching their kids, which you'd think would be about the most basic right you could afford a parent. It, when, you're, when you're asking them to trust, you know, they're fucking babies in your indoctrination centers. I'm going... Oof. Oof. No, seriously. Like, it... it I'm not even a fucking parent yet. Gets me fucking emotional. Thinking about that happening to kids. It's really fucking scary. <laughs> Oof. Yikes. It's gonna be a really fucked up generation. Um. So, yeah. Fuck the FBI. They are a domestic terrorist organization. And we're paying for them. And we we pay for them to have fucking medals pinned on their chest for do, for doing this to us. And you pay for their pensions. Ooh. It's fucking disgusting. My ideal future is 50 years from now. <laughs> Walking down the road. Guy on the fucking side of the street has a FBI windbreaker and he's holding out a fucking cracked coffee pot. Not a penny in it. Ugh, they're fucking evil. That's the least they deserve. <laughs> anyway, holy shit. And then that one was some anger, some righteous... Uh, I'm, I'm gonna fuck up the Pulp Fiction quote, so I'm not even gonna attempt it. But, anyway, let's get into some lighter stuff, shall we? And end the week with a fucking smile. <laughs> I, I talk about sanity checks and, like, trying to keep it together. <laughs> I think we're coming to the end of that line of thinking. Let's get into some questions. <laughs> and we're gonna try and line the fuck up. I think it's also because I'm stuffy. I sound like I'm about to fucking cry. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. Let's find a question. Is there still a gray market for weed in Arizona now that it's legal if you file the proper forms? Well, uh, gray market. If we go, if we're doing the agorism thing, is like untaxed and unregulated goods. Yeah, I got it on my phone. Employment off the books, untaxed goods, unregulated goods. So, I mean, untaxed. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean. We, I, I, when I had my, my girlfriend on the podcast previously, I, I think we talked about, um, hanging out with a hippie and he, he was growing his own weed and trust me, that's, that shit's not going in a, it's not in a nice little plastic bag in a dispensary that looks like an Apple store, you know, that shit is amongst friends and family and they are getting through it themselves. Uh, so yeah, there's absolutely a gray market and, um, all sorts of 
operations, you know, from all sorts of different people. The hippie is the only one I've been close to, I think. <laughs> um, maybe I've seen some, some other pot plants. I can't fucking remember. But yeah, yeah, there's absolutely a grey market for that kind of thing. And so there should be. I mean, the end goal shouldn't be legalization. It should be complete decriminalization and also deregulation. Anyway, where's that doing? <laughs> Uh, got a lighter. Cheers, love. <laughs> Let's make sure we're baked enough to answer these questions appropriately. <clears throat> Have any ideas of doing something than sitting at home? <laughs> You mean like getting off your ass and doing like activist shit? I got a few ideas. I mean, I think everyone should be doing a bit more than just propaganda and communicating, you know? Try and try and live that lifestyle in the flesh. Do some stuff that makes you more secure, more stable, and more free by the day, you know? That's incremental shit. Plus, I mean, I mean, fuck, there's, there's so many different ways to get involved with the liberty movement, so... Um, I mean, there's, for one, volunteerism in action. They're, like, the kind of... I don't want to just lump them as, like, a libertarian charity, because they do, they do like, a pretty wide variety of mutual aid kind of stuff. And they kind of, and, and there's just mutual aid networks of all sorts of description, um, you know, left, right, up, and down. Uh, well, not really, not really up. Or, I maybe the communists do mutual aid. I don't fucking know. The ANCOMP certainly do. Uh, mutualists and stuff. So there's all sorts of people doing charity work if you're into that kind of thing. I mean, in terms of messaging, there's I, I, I can't tell you what the best way to message is because different for everyone, but that's good stuff. Maybe smoking the joint and then trying to answer us. A pretty serious, useful question wasn't the best idea, but we're going we're gonna to work on it. Oh, and uh, I mean, you know, you know what I'm going to fucking preach about. Intentional communities. I think that is the absolute best way to go right now in terms of building something for ourselves because there's all this talking you know tearing down the system but what are you going to do afterwards you know <laughs> you're a real big man standing on top of rubble but uh what comes next have a plan and that's what you know getting away from these centralized cities and figuring out shit i mean you know don't have to be a fucking hermit but get the fuck away from where authority is because that's the only thing fucking impeding you you can be living the the exact lifestyle you want anywhere in this country. There's so much fucking space out there to get away from SWAT teams and shit like that, you know? Get the fuck out there. It's a pretty wild country still. Don't let them tell you different. Doing that and leading by example, you know? Like, showing how it's done. And, I mean, if not just for yourself, but be proof of concept, you know? That's the big thing right now. And it's it. we don't have to... Utopia is not going to come, I mean, utopia doesn't exist, but the key to a peaceful future isn't making every single person on this earth an anarchist by, you know, they, they've read every fucking book, etc. Because the, the masses don't have one ideology, and they never fucking will. And anyone who hopes for that in the future is confused about how people work. People, they, they fuck, you know, we're pretty sheep-like. They kind of follow the crowd. People, uh, you know, they follow the trend. 
and I mean, Christ, 100% of the country didn't revolt against the British, you know, there was plenty of people that were probably like, what the fuck? Oh. Oh, the, the red coats are gone. Okay. Uh, you guys want to tax my whiskey, but you'll mostly leave me the fuck alone? Alright. <laughs> well, that's not quite how it went down. There was a little bit of scuffling over the whiskey thing. But, so yeah, it's it's not going to take like 100% of, and I'm, I'm going way the fuck off topic from what can I do to get out of the house, but fuck it, you know, long-winded answers. That's what this shit is for. It's not going to take 100% of the population to believe, you know, the government is an unnecessary evil and just let it wither away. I mean, it's naturally going to as people unsubscribe from it, and people are naturally doing that. Of all backgrounds, all, all thoughts are just like, like I was talking to Pat, uh, about last episode, because I prattle on about this shit all the time, because it's important. <laughs> people are naturally trending that way. It's it's a natural instinct for people to be like, we need to get the fuck away from this mess. So yeah, you know, get get in on that shit early. Like lead by example, live the good life, and be proof of concept for for others, for your friends and loved ones. Help them get out of this fucking mess too. And again, you know, you can talk someone into uh, homesteading and rural living and intentional communities and you don't have to say a fucking word about anarchism or libertarianism or any of that shit. I mean, it's just common, you know, you can sell that shit on common sense and naturally you will be decentralizing your and their lifestyle if they're interested, you know? Not gonna drag them kicking and screaming down to the cult, but, <laughs> you know, show them the lifestyle. It's kind of nice when uh, just naturally I answer some of these. So someone someone asked, uh, "What are your thoughts on the FBI footage that was shot right over the Rittenhouse shooting?" So naturally covered that. So go us. We don't we don't ramble too off the record. Um, have you heard of Zar Bomber? Really good schizo slash Liberty Punk. Um, I haven't. Well, Zar Bomber. That the name name sounds familiar. I never never fucking listened to him though. To my knowledge, unless they're in like a playlist or something, I'll uh, I'll have to give them a look, and I'll I'll report back next week. Because usually, when you guys, if you guys recommend me something I haven't heard of, nine times out of ten ends up being fucking killer. So, finding your tribe, that shit's important. Love you, people. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. do a few more. How do you feel about airsoft before getting into firearms? This is a, a little-known secret, but, you know, the, the culture's changing. It, it might be okay to come out. A lot of people have seen, most famously, T-Rex arms, who I'm always singing their praises because they're cool. They've been kind of desensitizing the gun community to airsoft and the airsoft community to the gun community. Like, you know, what they call real steel, like actual shooting. There's been a lot of crossover recently where people have been like, oh, that's actually a legitimate way to... You know, like, you're not going to practice firearms fundamentals because they're not real firearms. But, you know, you can test out your gear, you can test out tactics, uh, you know, shit like night vision, because there's all sorts of people running uh, milsim night games. There's a lot of very fucking cool shit you can do with it, and you're not going to get to do that kind of movement with a large group of people in any other scenario. And, you know, like, really have fun with it. There's, like, multi-day events, people camp out. All sorts of crazy shit. It's it's cool. It's like um you know big military training exercises, but without all the bullshit. You know, like, end of the day, you uh wander off into the fucking woods and smoke a joint with your mates and <laughs> maybe bring a bottle of whiskey or some shit. Uh, so anyway, 
the coming out. Never talked about it before because it's like I don't know. In, in Britain, you know, my ability to shoot was pretty fucking limited, especially shoot like you know military style firearms. So it was like, oh fuck, I lost my train of thought. Too high. Oh, so you know, I I my very first gun was like a Daisy BB gun, like a like a little Yank kid, <laughs> and um. So I, I knew of BB guns, you know, and then got in 22s and stuff. I I was shooting like 22s and, and uh, you know, 308s and all sorts of stuff hunting before I ever got into Airsoft. I, I heard of a... And Airsoft to me, like when I first heard of it, was like a bunch of little kids running around an abandoned mall, like, you know, like lighting each other up with full autos. And I was like, yeah, it looks you know, a little bit, little bit dorky, you know. They're all skidding around on knee pads, kind of like... Uh, all arcadey and shit. I was like, yeah, it's not really my thing. Plus, at the time, I, I thought of it kind of like uh, cadets, which in Britain uh, they have like these little child soldiers. You, uh, it's it's basic. It would be cool if it wasn't so creepy and statist. I, I forget the the youngest age you can join cadets because I I never did it, but I had some mates do it, and you know, made fucking fun of them for it because it was it was dorky these little kids they dress up like soldiers like full little uniforms they have ranks and and they progress through them like they'll be like little sergeants and shit little baby sergeants and so you advance through the ranks and it's, it's like fucking scouts or something or is it scouts over him cub scouts all the other shit boy scouts anyway it's like that but uh, they shoot saats they have like little 22 marksman rifles for uh, marksmanship practice. I think they just use blanks in the SAEs, but I, I would have loved that. But I was such a little rebel when I was a kid, and I I hated the idea of it. It was so like creepy to me to dress up like a and play soldier. I was like, uh, you know, fuck that. Even though you could run around with a, you know, a mock assault rifle, fucking playing soldier with your mates in the mud and like camping and shit. It was like everything I would have loved, but I resisted it, which is. If that tells you anything about my character, I you know, I don't think anything anything more would. <laughs> I resisted something that was fun because of my principles I didn't even really have a label for back then. I was just like I just kinda despised the idea of, you know, being little stormtroopers. Uh of course this went away when I became a, a sensible adult conservative for a few years before reverting back to gut instincts. <laughs> That's a long fucking story. Uh, but anyway, so finally when I was uh, in college, I got into Airsoft with a few mates. And I was like, you know, it's cool because I can choose the gear I want to use, you know, and you know, wear whatever the fuck I want, use whatever the fuck I want. And so I had like a little mock uh, gas blowback Glock 17, I think, which was really fucking cool. You know, like just basic handling. I'd never been able to handle a pistol in England. I'd, I'd gone to the States a few times and shot handguns, and uh, then when I started doing my training, my officer training at Sandhurst, I was handling real Glocks for the first time, apart from in the US, uh, in Britain. But between those two things, uh, I, I'd been able to fuck around with a gas, uh, gas blowback Glock 17, and it was really fucking cool. And um, I was even able to, you know, like, get a few Kydex holsters to fuck around with, and all sorts of stuff like that. They were really shit ones, but it was something, you know. And uh, and same thing, like setting up my rifle. I had a uh, like a little Tar Twenty One, and then a Scar H. Fucking, I I still have them kicking around. And oh, and I had a, like a M Four. 
it was fuck it was such a fucking laugh and uh you know you'd just be like just joking with your mates and then fucking you know pack it up off for a weekend uh doing like milsome shit but it, it was never like the crowd that we went to this field it was uh fuck hmm should I, should I say the location probably not but it's it's a it's a chain of it's a chain of uh sites in Britain, so I can say the name uh Gunman Airsoft in Britain. They they run like really fucking cool games because they're not like kiddie, but they're not like ultra serious like Milsim like dorky you know shit. I mean the guys are fucking dorks. That's that's true. Airsoft people are nerds, but you know they talk gear. Anyway, it, it was a it was a great experience because the guys didn't take it so seriously that that it was like fucking. I felt like an idiot, you know, but at the same time, it wasn't a bunch of kids, it was, it was like, you know, college kids, a few younger kids, and then mostly, like, there was, a uh, American Airmen, and then there was also local British RAF and Army. It was such a fucking cool mix of guys, and they, they all, like, talked tactics. They swapped, like, stories, talked tactics. I learned a fucking lot talking to, to those guys, probably equal to what I learned um, at Sandhurst, it's, it's funny, I've never talked about it before, but it's like, it's, it didn't really, I hadn't considered it to be a really unnecessary part of my, like, kind of shooting knowledge and development, because I was just like, oh, it's just a, it was just a dorky pastime when I was a kid, but, but talking to those guys and hanging out with them, it also influenced my views on the military, because I, I was talking to a lot more, um, people, when I was, uh, when I was younger, you know, military people were just adults and, you know, heroes in uniform to me and shit. I didn't, there was no opinion really. I just, I hid what the military, you know, sent my dad around and shit, but that's, that was my ambiguity to the military and then kind of my gut feeling. But, uh, but the people themselves were, you know, just idols to me. And then when I got a little bit older and I was talking to like, you know, older mates, brothers and shit coming back and these guys at these airsoft games and shit, uh, about their experiences over in, you know, Iraq and Afghan and shit, and how, how fucked it was, and how just without, you know, without purpose it was, those were, you know, little, little campfire chats, and, 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 you know, just hanging out and shit between games and stuff, it, I learned a fucking lot, but talking about airsoft in the gun community for the longest time has been very taboo, because it's it's dorky and it's like it kind of discredits the real gun community. Or well, I think that's kind of been the feeling. But T Rex Arms really did a lot to legitimize it by first showing I forget his name, but uh, some airsoft to uh, translate his airsoft skills right to right to live fire coming over. For, he was like uh, from Hong Kong or China, so something like that, or Japan. I forget. Asian. <laughs> that's whatever. Um... <laughs> He, but he translated those fucking skills. I, I don't think he ever touched a real gun before, to my knowledge. And that there's this one of the T Rex Arms videos on their YouTube, and he just picks up a fucking nine mil and kills with it. He like on the range, he was fucking slick. And there's so many people who would you know joke about airsoft and shit who couldn't shoot a lick like that kid <laughs> with all the you know all the freedom to practice handgun shooting since they were you know kids. Like I I didn't have that either. And Airsoft allowed me a, a little bit of a head start before I moved to the States to practice with handguns and, and, you know, small unit tactics before I did the Sandhurst thing. So yeah, it was 
it was actually, it did a lot for me, shooting developmentally wise. And so I'm, I, I used to make fun of airsoft too, as of, you know, like, just because of the, the quality of gear, you know, you can, that, that's one thing to not mistake, like, there's airsoft level gear. That, that some of it's perfectly appropriate to use, you know, like, a pouch is a pouch in some cases. But like, or, and some, some airsoft companies, like, make high-end gear that's perfectly usable with real shit. So, yeah, I think... I think the changing culture, T-Rex arms, legitimizing, uh, you know, going to Milsim games and, and mixing with, uh, with airsofters. And the real cool thing about that is not just the, not just the training and, you know, getting to LARP and fuck around thing. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of the cross-contamination. And what I mean by that is you're rubbing shoulders with, you know, a bunch of dorky kids who enjoy gear and airsoft guns. I mean, it's not going to be a real big jump to get them into regular firearms and you know i'm i'm all about advancing that kind of civilian rifleman culture because once once that becomes more common once again and and people are more independent and capable individuals and that becomes like it, it's becoming more common again i mean there's like highest fucking gun ownership ever <laughs> going on right now and once once that becomes normalized we're going to be less reliant on these, on outsourcing our responsibilities to the most dangerous parts of the state, like the military and police. So, and, and do I think airsoft is essential in that? Yeah, I fucking do. Do you see how many fucking kids go to these things? And I, that sounds like really cultish and brainwashing, like, you know, going after the eight-year-olds. But I'm talking like, you know, these big Milsom events, people interested in small unit tactics and all that kind of thing, kids that usually would be ripe for the war machine, you know, it's it's so they idolize the military look and the you know military doctrine and 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 you know oh I, I want to be a marine you know because it le it legitimizes what they think is cool. It's an opportunity to get in there and show them there's you know something more than that. You know you can you can do all of this stuff way more fucking cool than you could you ever could in the military. You know, minus jumping out of AC one thirties perhaps and a few other things, but. With enough money and a few good friends, you can figure that shit out. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think airsoft is absolutely going to be invaluable uh, to advancing kind of you know gun culture. So, and the the skills they they translate to real shooting. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll probably talk about that a little bit more in the future because I've never talked about that before. Just because you know, didn't think much of it, kind of used to discredit a person, but. Braver people than I have legitimized it, you know? <laughs> so, that's cool. Uh, might even... I think I think Mitch and Nathan were talking about it a little bit. Who knows? Maybe uh, we'll check out an event in the future. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. Still have all my gear. I couldn't I couldn't figure out how to fucking sell it since I since I left. I've had it for years just sitting in bags. Um got a much cooler fucking kit now though. I might answer a few of these on Instagram, but right here, I'll wrap up with this one. Uh, do you celebrate Thanksgiving? If you, if so, do you ignite heated political debates at the table? Um, well, I've certainly celebrated the last few years uh, with my lady's family, which has been real nice, because uh, actually, no, my parents were able to, they visited, they visited our first Thanksgiving together, and we did, like, a Thanksgiving thing all together, and my girlfriend got to meet my parents for the first, and only time because of fucking COVID, and that was really fucking cool. Uh, 
So, yeah, it was an excuse to have a real, real nice meal. So, why the fuck not? And, uh, did I... No, I'm sure I'd talk about politics at the table, but I can't remember if anyone else joined us. Um, feels like a fucking lifetime ago. In the before four times. Uh, <laughs> whenever I say that, it just feels so fucking dark. Uh, oh, and then, yeah, am I... My lady's family's table, I would never fucking dare uh, start the political talk. Uh, usually it comes up with her dad, and I'm always like, fuck, don't, don't, like, go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> um, I'm not the one igniting shit. I'm, I'm peace and love, my friend. <laughs> I, don't, I fucking hate politics. I don't want to talk about it. Ugh. <laughs> except a bitch about it um yeah i guess we will leave it there i'm gonna answer a few more of these because there's some pretty good questions like on on instagram because there's some uh there's some good questions in here but i think we are going to leave it there because i will ramble on and on um plus what always happens with this is like i uh i put out i'm trying to time putting out the q a before the show so enough people get a chance to answer. They're not like coming home from work or whatever or at work. But then it ends up being like 50 questions. I'm like, we cannot do 50 questions. So anyway, I'm trying to like answer as many different people as possible. So uh, no offense if I don't reach you. I'm going to try and uh, try and do more follow-ups on Instagram with the questions I don't answer. Because uh, now that we're, uh, we're building up the account again, uh, we're getting a nice variety of questions. I used to be able to answer like literally everyone who are, who uh, sent one in, but uh, more people find the page again. So uh, that's cool. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you haven't found the new page yet, I need to start doing more plugs at the end. If you haven't found the page yet, uh, we are back on Instagram at br.v.anarch. And we are also available at theanarch dotsubstack.com and the link to that is in the description of every show as well as uh two different 3d printed gun guides which i've never fucking said in the show there's if you check at the very bottom of i think almost every single episode of the, of the show i have both uh nblock the nblock presses guide on 3d printed firearms from uh lee over nblock and i also have fuck that's not really bitchy have <clears throat> I also have Controlled Pew's Guide, of course, uh, the OG. So you have two different guides. I think 3D printed guns is one of the most important parts of firearms movement right now, especially like the, the actual radical end that's doing shit. So if you're curious, if you're even slightly technically minded, check out those links. Educate yourself if you haven't already. I know fucking tons of you have taken up 3D printing and fucking love it. Anyway, we are going to end it there. I ramble on. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week.